and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to Three Peas in a Pod, episode 210. We made it. We did. And today, we are going to play a game. Oh. You ready? Uh, okay. We are going to play a game? Yes, we are. The three okay. of us. Yes. All right, I'm ready for the game. Which one of the three of us is most theologically conservative? Uh, oh, how do we play this game? We just, I don't know. I just we made put it ourselves on a, uh-huh. on, a, on a spectrum of some kind? Well, because that's the question for today. Oh, we got uh, okay. a question okay. for today. And we're going to play a game around it. So we're going to guess one, two, three, or is it three, two? I don't two? know how is we're going to determine I don't know three? how to determine, how to determine We know you're two, and he's either one, and I'm three, or... <laughs> I don't know. Jason has to be in the middle. You got it. Well, he is in the middle. He is. I'm going to say he had to be. We, all I can do. Hey, you know, the game we could play is let's switch chairs this week. <laughs> that would mess with people's minds. That is true. They, they don't know how to act. The Te- people who are listening are going, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Technically, right. by the way, they're viewing it. I am furthest to the right. Yes, by you the are. Way, they, they are viewing yes, it. Are. I'm furthest to the right. So, mm-hmm. And Ed's on the left. I'm on the left. And I'm trying to keep it balanced. Yeah, that's right. Right here. But so that I said all that. You represent a, a part of our country that apparently doesn't exist. I do not exist. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. No, sir. So uh, the question for today that we are answering, uh, that's why I made that joke. It says this. Oh, people people are still enthralled with episode 200. It's our favorite episode. People love awesome. episode 200. Man. Yes. So the question is said, in episode 200, you said that a certain group of people are more theologically conservative. Could you define what you mean by more theologically conservative? I don't remember what the context of that was no, when we said more. I'm guessing we're saying, I guess we meant it like more theologically conservative than us. I don't I know. Imagine. I don't know. That's the only reference point I have. Yeah, you know what would have been smart is one of the three of us to go to listen to that episode. episode. That was a long episode. That was like a 45-minute episode. <laughs> we had, I don't know had if to I go, go back, back and figure out what that. we were talking about. Yeah. I do remember you talking about, oh. you mentioned you were you had taken a test to see how yes, theologically conservative you were. So when I was when I was uh, in Bible college, uh, I'd gone back to uh, Bible college online, and I had a uh, had a course where I can't remember what the exact. I bet it was systematic theology. That'd mm-hmm. be my guess. So it's the you know the stu- really the study of theology itself, and mm-hmm. uh, what, what we made the Bible say that it doesn't say exactly. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> Ed's way left. <laughs> He's moving left. He's going to the left. Watch He's out. going out. Uh, but we told the Bible what to say. That's right. We put it in categories. We made sense of it. And that works for us. So one one of the assignments we had at the beginning of that was there was a test developed by a, a, a New Testament theologian. I think all of us read and yes. enjoy Scott McKnight. Mm-hmm. And um, he was teaching at the time. I think he's still teaching at Nor- uh, Northern Seminary. No, he just left. Oh, he left. So he's just left. Yeah, okay, he not did. too long ago. So, I don't know if that means he's retired from teaching because he's older than me. Yeah. yeah. There was a little scandal. Oh, oh yeah. I don't, oh, I yeah. Not, not with him. No, he's no. Good. With he left the, because with of the, it. With the okay. Yeah, yes. with the thing. Well, at the time, he was at Northern Seminary, yes. and he would start his class by having. Um, all of his students who came in because he taught New Testament um, at, at, at the at the school and he would have them take this test uh, basically you know what what are your beliefs on this and that and he would put you on a spectrum from theologically conservative to what is theologically either progressive or liberal whatever term mm-hmm. you would use and uh, when I took it I had assumed uh, one being that from I'm from the south mm-hmm. right and I and I've grown up in a uh, theologically conservative uh, church, mm-hmm. but as we said, maybe not <laughs> as compared to other people. When I took it, I expected to kind of be more on the conservative side, but I was 
sort of, I was more on the conservative side, but but closer to the middle. And uh, he, the point, though, that he made, and I think this might be an interesting discussion for us to have after we get, answer the immediate question, mm-hmm. is he then had you take a test by what do you think Jesus' beliefs on mm-hmm. all these things were. And what he said was what he always found was when you would take a student they were always more closer to the middle on their beliefs. Even if they were from a more progressive-leaning church, they were more towards the middle than people thought. And when he would have people take a, what are your beliefs, and what do you think Jesus thinks about these issues, they always almost lined up because most people assume me and Jesus think all the same things, which comes, I think, to this debate of what is— you know, if you're on the theological conservative or theologic, theologically progressive side, both sides think, well, we understand Jesus. Yeah. You know, we're the ones who are closest to what Jesus thinks, mm-hmm. but we've kind of made a, a, a uh, I don't want to say meaningless distinction, but it's a distinction that uh, unfortunately causes more divide than it does mm-hmm. unity. So someone else should probably answer what's a good way to define theological conservatism. For me, though, it always comes down to everybody's got their own idea for that because we're all all comparing it to where we sit. That's right. Right? And I think you said it, Ed, before we hit record. Everybody feels like there's somebody that's more conservative than me, and there's probably some people less conservative than me. I think most people think that. I feel like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say there are probably some people that are like, no one is more conservative than I am. You know, and yeah, they, that's that, they, there are probably people on both sides. That's the point of their pride. The extreme, the, the extreme ends, but yeah. most people sit somewhere in that mm-hmm. whatever percentage twenty percent, seventy percent, you know, yeah. a range. But so I would think, you know, and I guess it's moved through the years. You know, we taught a series uh, in the fall of twenty three that uh, was on what we believe, and it was yep. the creed, the Nicene Creed. Correct, and. I would think that most people who still hold to all of those those positions, and mm-hmm. they hold to those positions in our world today, um, they'd be considered pretty conservative. Yeah. Mm. I think. Yeah. But there are churches that add to that creed sure. things that they think also matter just as much. Mm-hmm that probably think they are more conservative than the people who just hold to the creed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Like there are a whole bunch of Protestants think they are way more conservative than most Catholics. Mm-hmm. Mm. But there's a whole branch of Catholicism that's significantly more conservative. Yeah. Than... <laughs> but it, don't you have to kind of cherry pick your issue for mm-hmm. that to be true? Because. Yeah. There are some people that say, well, I'm conservative because I believe X, Y, and Z about certain things. Mm-hmm. But there are other folks, I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like, and this has been my experience, almost all uh, branches of Christianity, or you know, we call denominations or church traditions or mm-hmm. whatever, they seem to have their own kind of, I don't, I don't want this to sound negative, but their pet issues. Mm-hmm. They're, I guess they would call them their distinctives. Mm-hmm. Like... And, and I'll talk about my heritage. The heritage that I came from, the Christian churches, Churches of Christ kind of branch, the restoration movement, as we call it. I would say our pet issues that we felt like made us in line with Jesus and more conservative was was baptism. Mm-hmm. We were real mm-hmm. strong on not just how we baptize, but for what purpose That's is right. baptism and who's it for and who's it not for and all those kinds of things. And then the other one was uh the mode and the frequency of the Lord's Supper. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of a lot of uh, Protestant churches 
don't take communion every single week. But mm-hmm. We were going back to that, but we weren't going to go Catholic. That's you know right. what I'm saying? But see, we have, but we we felt like we were holding the line on these issues, and that therefore made us more conservative. And we would have said we were very biblical. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That everything mm-hmm. we believed yes. was exceptionally biblical. Mm-hmm even though we would take some inferences from the scripture that were not commands and we turned them into commands. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. But then I'd say there are other branches that would look at us and go, we were super progressive on oh, some yeah. things. Sure. Even within the restoration movement. Well, yeah, of course. You well, know? yeah, the the Church of Christ who weren't using music. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or instrumental music, I should say. That's right. They saw us as the liberals. That's right. You know what I mean? So it was... So I, you know, in Kentucky, when I, I became a Christian, even though I'm from Mississippi, in Kentucky, and was associated with the restoration movement in Kentucky. Yeah. And there was a division even there of whether you were a Church of Christ or a Christian church. Yeah. Though... You practiced all the things the same. You could mm-hmm. use the music and mm-hmm. all of that, but there was a real distinctive and almost feeling as if it were biblical that you should be a Church of Christ, not a yeah. Christian church. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, naming church, things, were, naming were, things, what was we, huge. what our language was. That's right, was the language important. around things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't call the person who stood up and preached a pastor. No, no pastor. Mm-hmm. That had to be an evangelist. Or, or, or a minister, depending yeah. on what branch you were. That's in. right. <laughs> See, it gets gets it gets sticky there. Well, yeah. it becomes it becomes a silly, and that's why I was saying earlier. I don't want to call it a meaningless because there are things that are important that we figure out. Mm-hmm. Hey, what is the you know the term often is orthodox, right, or the mm-hmm. right belief? What yeah. is the right thing? So it's not that it's meaningless, but it's a lot of the distinctions we make are what it made me think of when you were talking. I was looking it up. There's the G.K. Chesterton quote that I just love about this, where he says the whole, he was a pastor, uh, mm-hmm. but also he he talked about a lot of political kind of theology. How should Christians yeah, he engage? he was a writer in the newspaper. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he said, the whole modern world has divided itself into conservatives and progressives. The business of pro- progressivism is to go on making mistakes. And the business of conservatives is to prevent mistakes from being corrected. <laughs> He's a very funny guy. but his, And I think the point, we all laugh at it because we go, that is often what ends up happening is we get into these, these events and I either need to go, no, 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 everything that came before me was bad and evil and wrong. So I'm going to make all new decisions and make all new kinds of mistakes. Or, you know what, we need to hold on to this, you know, idea of what was and what was old. And you know what, there may be our understanding of what that was might be mistaken. And so we end up not correcting things that should be corrected. And it ends up being this mixed bag often of messiness when the question is not how far right are you or how far left are you? It really is. The question is, is who is Jesus? Mm -hmm. Right. What has he outlined for his people uh, to do, right, and to live uh, so that they can live by his spirit, right, which does require certain beliefs. Yeah. We've talked, and then after that series we did on beliefs, we did, there's certain practices that come along with that. There are certain lifestyles uh, that we are to live by, uh, and then obviously to also avoid living by, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this these distinctions we make of right and left often blur that in my opinion when people have these because even the thing you're talking about of when you talk about communion mm-hmm. right and the, the goal of communion is that I would I would be able to commune <laughs> right to be with God to mm-hmm. honor Jesus right to honor this act to remember it mm-hmm. right uh but the distinctions we often end up getting into these little fights it blurs even the purpose yes 
you know, so yeah. I don't know. That was my thought on it. Yeah. Well, and and it gets the to use your example, it gets us off of what I think we're supposed to be. If it turns into a a a, a reason to not love my brother, mm. then I think whether you, whether it's a conservative or a progressive issue, it's it's off track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just had a discussion. We're trying to. We, I am trying to lead our church with an, uh, to form a partnership with another church to do some good in our community. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have often helped. It's interesting. You can often get churches to work together on a, uh, if you start a nonprofit mm-hmm. that didn't come out of one particular church or they don't identify, then a bunch of churches will go and support this place to help people on whatever need. Mm-hmm. But to get two churches just to say, hey, we're going to do this thing together, it's really, really, really difficult. Mm. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Even though all of us know that Jesus prayed that we'd, we'd be one so that the world would see that he, the Father, Son, that he came from the Father. Right. That that's, I know that they're going to know us by our love, but the one indication that you love somebody is you're you have unity with them, you yeah. know. Yep. Uh, and and so, especially a unity where you might not agree about every little right. nuance. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm sitting in this guy's office. He's very surprised that we are willing to work. And I said, you know, uh, I've been praying for this for a few years, and uh, that we could do this, that I'd be able to see some of it. And uh, it, it's hit me in trying to even think about this and talk to other people about it. There are very few churches that I could go in in this county that if we just sat down, I don't agree with them on 97 to 99% of everything. Mm-hmm. We we agree on 97 to 90%, 99% of everything we believe, Right. Mm-hmm. yet we won't work together, nor praise each other, nor pray for each other over the 1%. Mm-hmm. Well, that's ridiculous that because the truth is, what I have found, and so have these other groups, when you around them and you look at their history, you find out over time you're actually wrong sometimes about some of the the part that you held on to so hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's another 1%. So the 1% that separates us may, in fact, be a tool that our enemy is using, dark forces are using to mm-hmm. keep us from living out the one thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that's not the person's question. But even this idea of I've got to get, I need to make sure, I don't know whether you want to be conservative or liberal, right, <laughs> whoever yeah, you know, asked yeah. this, but that I've got to get in that boat. And in our country, it gets all tied up into the other thing that we label conservative, right. liberal, which is politics. Yeah. So, you know, forever, most Protestants wouldn't have considered, again, Roman Catholics as being in the same boat. But when it came to abortion, mm-hmm. they're really conservative. Mm-hmm. And so we'd work with them on that political thing. Mm-hmm. But if we had to do something else with them, oh, no, I can't do that. I don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. But the political issue we allowed to bring us together, which showed what we thought was more important. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I yes. do. Yes. And I think the point you're making is 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 really important, which is... Which is, by the way, not to say I don't think life, the life of the unborn matters. That's oh, not sure. to say, I wasn't saying that I, I don't need I don't need to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I was saying. I was just saying yes. that is, it brought us together over something that, you know, 
We should have been together already, is what I'm saying. We should yeah. be well, working I think, together. I think the point you're making that I think is a big one here is the right-left divide, whether it be political or theological, right, it is more often about, because it's a spectrum, the way that you find anything that's a spectrum, the way you define where you are is how far away from the other thing that you are, mm -hmm. right? It's about what you're against, not where you're where you're going to, right? When you have centered set things, it's about how close to the center am I. The question of that is, well, I'm more, I, you already said, you know, there are people to the right of me, mm -hmm. there are people to the left of me, I don't want to be, everyone is trying to define themselves based on what they're against, whereas Christians are really defined by who we're for, who we're about, which is we are for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we are for whatever Jesus is for and whoever Jesus is for. And what ends up happening in these divides over, am I theologically conservative? Am I theologically? I am, I am taking an issue, right, or a label, and I'm saying, well, I'm not that. And then that keeps me, one, from working with people, but as Jason's already said, it also keeps me from really being able to love people. Yeah. And I know it often gets labeled on really the conservative side, the more legalistic side of any kind of religion, that they're the ones who aren't loving people because they're not accepting people, they're not letting people in, they've got a closed door, they're not letting people kind of come get in. And that there is truth to that. There's judgment on that side, there's critical on that side. The truth, though, is on the other side, too, it, it, we have turned love often into sentimentality mm -hmm. and not actual love. We have turned it into, I have no bad feelings towards you. You do you, whatever you want to do. I'm not going to say any truth. And what we've done is we've said what Jesus is about is us not ever making anybody feel bad. Mm -hmm. What Jesus is really wanting us to do is to make sure everyone kind of just feels good and makes that happen. Both are not love. Right. God is love. Jesus is love. And so the solution to the right-left divide is what Ed and Jason have both already mentioned. It's love defined in unity around Jesus. Mm -hmm. It is, I get such a clear picture in my head of who Jesus is that if somebody is really far off track, I'm able to show them the truth that draws them towards Jesus, but I don't do it with these legal, I don't put boundaries around Jesus. This is very legalistic. Here's all the things you have to do to not get to Jesus. Right. It's it's ultimately I become so clear on who Jesus is, what he's called us to do, what he's called me to avoid, what he's called me to lay down. What You know, all those different things, the cost of discipleship. That's not a right or left issue. That is a where is Jesus? And I want to get as close to him as I can. That keeps me from seeing other people as well. You're too right. So I can't work with you or you're too left and I can't work with you. Uh, but the dis to me, the distinguisher it, 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 it makes things too fuzzy for me to actually do anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like we may have talked all around and not given a clear answer, hmm. uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to try. Okay. I'm going to try and see, and then y'all can help me correct what I mess up. I think if I were to say what is theologically conservative, it's a person who certainly believes that the scriptures are the word of God or that God yes. speaks in the Bible, yes. speaks through the Bible, mm -hmm. Uh, they, the story of Jesus leads us to connection with God. We believe that is possible. In fact, yes. I think people, uh, and uh, let me not, let me get off track there. And that we interpret the Bible, not in light of current circumstances, but in terms of the way historically it has been. We have received the way the church right. has seen this. Our, our faith is a received faith. 
Okay. We're, we're not creating, you know We're not saying? inventing new I'm ways. Not, I'm not looking in this and going, hey, I see the circumstances around me, and this God is now saying to me that the way the church has always done this has been wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's not, nobody's teaching that definition in seminary. I'd just be clear. But in in my way of understanding, you believe that by, the God speaks in the Bible to lead us to Jesus. Jesus then, and the Holy Spirit, lead us in the life that we are to live, and that we interpret the Bible in the way that the church, historically from the time of the apostles, have seen it. Okay. Now, correct that and make it better. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Um, I did. I did it is kind of funny. Even as I hear you give that definition, I, I can already hear in your uh in your explanation of what the Bible is and what it's for and all that, there are people that would say you're way too progressive on that. I know that. Because they would go, I mean, I know some people that when you say, well, what is the Bible? They go, well, it's, it's the inerrant, the inerrant, you know, God, you know, Literally, Inspired. literally yeah. wrote everything them. God ever needed to say. He said in those yes. books. Well, I, and I word for word know. dictated. Word for word dictated. Moved the hand to make yeah. it happen. No, no human element whatsoever within that. Yes, and I, it it should be taken literally. Yes, that's right. Okay, those people are to the far right of me. Yes, <laughs> on on inerrancy, and I think we have the Bible we're supposed to have. Yes, and that it is a human. And divine creation. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there are people who sit on the right of that that are more uh, strict on that. But even those things, I think. And, and so let me let me say more about it. I said this to a group of guys that I meet with every week that I'm trying to help in some ways. They're, they're younger in the faith. When I say human and divine, if you read... If you read books in the New Testament in the original language, it's harder to see in English. There's a way that Paul writes in Greek that is different than the way that Peter writes. In no That's doubt. right. No okay. doubt. Just as if you were read the manuscripts that we turn into each other. That's right. I don't have to. It doesn't have to come from me. You guys know the way I write. That's right. Way too many words that don't make sense. <laughs> Lots of misspellings. Yes. And, you know, that gets cleaned up in the editing. But... You guys know me well enough to know you wouldn't even have to see. You go, oh, Ed wrote that. Yeah. That's right. So the Holy Spirit didn't make the, this manual dictation thing that people have. Well, the Holy Spirit should have one clear style. Hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I mean. There is a, the Lord has decided to partner with us from the moment that the Bible tells us in creation. Mm-hmm. That's right. He, he's he's going he's gonna to rule the earth. Through us, we That's are right. going to have dominion right. with him. Yeah. Well, the Bible is the same kind of, it's a human, there's a human part. Mm-hmm. And God works in the personality through those people. I love the part where where Paul even says, I don't have a word on this. This is just for me. That's right. Yeah. Well, I don't think the Holy Spirit's going, whoa, hold on there. <laughs> or, or, oh, well, I got to get on board with that. I got to get on board. That's not the way that happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's yeah. right. Well, and, you know, to be fair, there's some stuff written in the Bible that ain't of Jesus. There, It's, it's not the way of love. Right. I, I pray the Psalms every day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm reading through the Psalms and I go, well, that ain't right. Mm-hmm. 
no, no human being should say that about right. another human being. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's what David or whoever wrote the psalm wrote down because that's what was in his heart at the moment. That's, that's right. right. But God is using that. That's right. To to teach me, to instruct me, to shape me, to form me mm-hmm. into the person He wants me to be. Yeah. Whether that be to show me, uh, you know, th- this is a legitimate feeling, feeling, an emotion that you have, mm-hmm. but put that up against the way of Christ, mm-hmm. and I see, I see the imbalance, That's and so right. therefore I form myself. You know, so there's all of that going on. But see, even that right there, what I just said, there's some people that would oh completely mm. want to destroy what I just said. Including mm-hmm. me when I was in my 20s. Well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, would have, I would have taken you to task yeah. and taken me to task mm-hmm. on where I have. It's just that the more I've studied, I still think I'm very conservative. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm, but we were just talking about this. In fact, why don't we talk about this just for a second? There is a, we all agree, there, we have made a, a progression throughout life. Oh, sure. In one direction or the other because of learning more and understanding more and having mm-hmm. more experience and allowing the Holy Spirit to have yeah. more control in That's my right. life. Mm-hmm. That's right. So like you said, you feel like you had started on a really conservative Yeah, I, and maybe I, I was, changed over time. I think I was all all brain, <laughs> all thinking. Mm-hmm trying to put it into place. That statement I made about systematic theology, I would not have made. I mm-hmm. I was putting things in order so that they made sense to me. And then the longer I have worked with people and the Holy Spirit has worked with me to love God and to learn more about how how God is in the scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm just I'm 20 something years old. I'm I'm barely a Christian and barely an adult. Mm-hmm. And I'm forming my faith, and as I grow and deal with God and deal with people, uh, God developed my heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, He's He's begun to help me see there are other ways to to see this thing. That's right. It's not just one cut and dried way. And the truth is, I hope I continue to evolve. Me too. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that's once again it goes back to I think what the goal is, which is I want to be formed in Christ likeness. Yes. And so I because I would say that for me, there are things that I probably have actually in in once again historical conservative kind of belief have actually moved even more conservative on than when I was younger, because there are a lot of issues, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a product of the millennial generation. And so there are even in our Christianity, uh, there the the idea of even talking about sin, that anything is sinful, mm-hmm. you know. Besides, besides, you know, big, huge things that would harm another person, but small things. Chocolate fudge cake is sinful. Uh-huh. Sure, but I mean, <laughs> you know, they would apparently genocide is sinful. But since I'm never going to get to commit genocide, you know, maybe I'd like to one day, but they never let me, you know. Oh, so wow. I don't get to. Well, I mean, that's ultimately what it is for people. They say genocide is sinful, but I'm never a person who's going to do that, so I'm not a sinful person. You know, big, huge, massive abuses are mm-hmm. sinful, but I'm not the kind of person that would ever do that. And so for me, for a lot of my life, I've actually moved more as I've understood Jesus of why the things he defines as sin are harmful to people. Mm-hmm. And and that has moved me farther away from people in my own generation who would say, oh, people, you let, live and let live, do you, that kind of thing. 
that has moved that way. But I don't think it's moved me. I don't see it as moving me more conservative. I see it as moving me more towards the image of Jesus. That Jesus, because he has compassion and he loves people, he sees the things we do that harm other people. And somehow in me harming other people, I'm also harming myself. And so if the goal is I want to be more like Jesus, it probably will move me farther away from either category than, than than I thought I would want to be. Right, yeah. than what I naturally am, because I go back to the thing we said at the very beginning. All of us at some point line up my beliefs, and and I don't even think this is, there's anything wrong with this initial assumption because it's the way things go. Of course, I think my beliefs are Jesus's beliefs mm-hmm. because I don't think any person would go. Now I know Jesus says this over here. I am morally right, and I'm talking about Christians who I'm trying to follow Jesus. The nature of it is, I assume that if I believe something, Jesus probably also believes it. What I have to do is to be able to read the scriptures in a community and be open to the idea that I am flawed, that I don't have all the right perceptions. And as I walk with Jesus more, it may move me in in a way that makes me look more conservative or look more progressive. But hopefully I'm moving towards Jesus. Because even the stuff you said about the Psalms, you know, I'm reading these things and I go, man, this doesn't feel like Jesus that's the response you're supposed to have when you read it. And the, the honestly, what it should do is challenge even me to go, Jesus probably, this is what most, he probably prayed the Psalms oh, every day. Yeah, right. So if Jesus prayed these words, mm-hmm. yep. maybe there's a way in which they're more, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, it's a different idea than I have of who Jesus is. We all assume I have a clear picture of who Jesus is. And I have a clear picture of what love is. Mm. And so, of course, it's why, you know, we always say love God, love people is the commands. And most people hear that go, well, I already know what love is, so I'll just go be loving. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't even know how to love people rightly. And you've got to learn that from him. But it's not going to be found in a right-left divide. It's going to be found in, let me look at Jesus. Let me look at the scriptures. And even the things in the Psalms and the Old Testament, in some way they are pointing me to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the, what I have to wrestle with when I see things in there is I go, okay, I don't have to look at this and say, okay, this whole cloth I take it and say, well, I'm just going to go do this. It's I take that in conversation with Jesus and say, well, Jesus believed this stuff. So how do I how do I make those all work out in some way? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the way that and when we do, we'll figure it out. But our current beliefs may not be the right beliefs. It's all about being formed. Right. Yes. Like what you're saying and what it came to my mind was uh, as long as I can. And this is a this is a hard thing to get right from. I think for everybody is I'm changing and growing and evolving all the time. That's right. But I need to constantly be humble enough to be aware. Am I trying to cha- shape Jesus Yes. Or is he shaping me? Right, and and be honest, that's that's not that's easier said than done. That is really tough because, th- like you said, everybody believes my beliefs right now are in line with exactly what Jesus would would say. It, it's why you've got to have. It's why you have to have some community. Yes, yes. I mean you don't have to have fifty people even, mm-hmm. but you have to have some community that you are open to, humble with, and allow them to help you. Yeah. They love they love God as much or more than you do, and they love you enough to say, "Hey, man, that's not right." Yeah, Jesus didn't like that. I know you th- said that. I can even see how you got there, but yeah. that, that's off, man. So we're going to pray for you. We're going to help you. Let's talk about it. But that's not right. And it's why we need multi generational community. We talk yeah. about this a lot, but 
we don't realize how much. And I, I said it earlier, and I can even feel people on both sides. People are older than me when I said I'm I'm a product of the millennial generation. People are me go, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's all those thoughts. People my age are go, whoa, 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 don't lump us all in with this kind of thing. But I am. Slow it's the down, nature. Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> it's the nature of it all. We all are the product of the time we grew up in, the place we grew up in, the family we grew up in. And so all of those things. But when I get to be in a in a multi-ethnic community where there are people who have different, you know, experiences, even in the same place I grew up in, but because of their because of their ethnicity, because of their culture, they have a different, you know, experience. People who are older than me. I think about the phrase, I think it's an African phrase that says, when an elder dies, it's like a uh, library being burned. Mm. That there's this wealth of knowledge that just comes from, and I think about some people in our community, in our church community, who are aging and their and their bodies are beginning to fail. And I think about, um, you know, certainly what a blessing it will be for them to go be with the Father. And I think about what the blessing they've been to us, but also think about, man, if only we could have a few more years, yeah. you know, if only we could have a few more, what they could bring to some of the younger people in our church, mm. even if it's the stuff they didn't get right or the stuff they have, or just their experience of being with God. But the same is true for those older people to have younger people who come in and have a different experience and say, hey, here's what God's revealing to me. It brings something to both, oh, yeah. but you don't get that just from your experience. This idea that I can sit with the Bible and come up with the correct theological belief just by me reading it by myself, it's really pretty naive. It's a pretty naive and foolish because it was not the intention. The Bible itself, it was not intended to be read in in such a way. That's just you and God and working it out with the scriptures. So I think the best thing out of this conversation that this person prompted us to have is we should stop using inexact words like conservative yes. and liberal because they don't they only mean something from a point of view. Absolutely. Correct. They, right. they aren't even, it's hard to define a set of beliefs around them mm-hmm. uh, that everybody would agree on. And wouldn't right. it be terrible if you found out you were more far right or far, far left than Jesus? Because mm. what the question we should be asking is what's his perspective? <laughs> and you know, I think about people, you know, on the on the on the right on the right side of things who are like, we've got the truth, and Jesus shows up and they go, Jesus, no, I know you called yourself the truth. I got the truth, and I'm I'm more holding on to the truth than you. And then people on the other side go, we're the loving, accepting people. Jesus, I'm more <laughs> loving than you. Jesus, I would, I would, I would well, have. The interesting thing of the three religious parties, because they were mm-hmm. religious and political in Jesus' days, the Essenes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Jesus interacts with all of those, and yet all of them have problems with yes. him. He's yes. He's not, he's not, the Essenes are uber conservative yes. that they hate society so much they just go live in caves. John the Baptist was more along. Yeah, that's that, right. That that's right. Closer to like the Amish or something. The Pharisees, which most people are, don't, they, they were the centralists. Yeah. They, yes. they were the people in the middle. And the Sadducees, they, they didn't believe a lot of things that yeah. the scripture taught. Yeah. And Jesus, all of them had problems with Jesus, so... Jesus couldn't be defined by those terms. That's right. Mm. All right. Well, we shot at the target. I don't know how well we hit it, (laughs) but we tried. Yes. So as always, you can ask follow-up questions, send them to us. Link is in the description. Uh, Next week, uh, we're going a little off script. We don't have a question for next week, uh, but we're making one up. (laughs) We can make up questions, too. We ask ourselves questions because... That's just the way we roll. So come next week and uh, you will find out what our question for ourselves is. 
There you go. All right. Well, how's that for a tea? I like it. I love it. See you next week.